0: It's time for another edition of Mets Musings.
1: Hi, this is Ron Darling.
0: Uh, This is Skip
1: Lockwood. Hi, I'm Ron Swoboda of the 69 New York Mets, and you're listening to Mets Musings with Gary Mack.
0: Now it's time for some New York Mets baseball talk. Here's Gary Mack bringing you the latest news and analysis from Mets Nation and the world of baseball on another edition of Mets Musings. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Mets Musings number 473. Wow, we really, uh, really pushing the envelope there. <laughs> Getting up there Well, it has been a terrific opening for the New York Mets And what a week we had I mean, just the weekend alone uh, Started off with a combined no-hitter Yeah, combined no-hitter Five guys Taylor McGill Tyler, McG- Tyler McGill Uh Started it And it ended with Edwin Diaz And Drew Smith was in there And Jolie Rodriguez uh, pitched a little, uh, pitched an inning in there, and Seth Lugo uh, got got it out and uh, was in the game, and just a terrific thing—a combined no-hitter, 17th in MLB history, and the second no-hitter for the New York Mets. So uh, that was terrific enough, and then the Braves come into town, and the Mets. Dropped the first game, but then sweep a doubleheader. And unfortunately, they couldn't finish off the Braves. They got a little uh, bullpen, kind of uh, took a step backwards. And and, uh, Mets got hammered around the ballpark. But you know these things happen. uh, uh, you, You expect a blowout every now and then. And this was the Mets one. So two and two. Against uh, the Braves on the, on the current homestand, and uh, the thing is that they've won seven of their opening series and now split one. So they're still undefeated when it comes to series; they haven't lost a series yet. So they've won seven in a row and now they split one, and you know it's, that's that's uh, that's not too bad the way they start off the season. And, get in first place and have a lead and try to expand it a little bit as the rest of the NL East struggles to gain footage. The uh, Philadelphia Phillies, who the Mets will be playing this weekend, uh, in a four-game set in Philadelphia, and we'll see. We'll pick up from last weekend or uh, see what happens with that. So, again, you want to try to get at least two of two at the minimum, you want to get three out of four, or heck, you want to get all four, of course. But, uh, you know, sometimes you just have to settle for different things. So, um, you know, Mets are still playing some good baseball, and and you, you can't deny that. And it's a great thing to watch. They're fun to watch. Now and uh, we'll see how it continues as the year continues. News on the Mets front is that the Mets designated second baseman Robinson Cano for Simon. Of course, you all heard that, uh, and they option Yoan Lopez the AAA to get down to the twenty-six players. Now they will have to pay Cano the money thirty-six points, thirty-seven point six million, but. You know the Mets had to do this. This was the smart baseball move. He was taking up, you know, at bats from guys that really deserved it, and and you know the the bottom line is you want to win. And Steve Cohen, you know, thank goodness he's a man. The uh, management went to him and um, he gave the okay. It's a big nut to take, but, you know, he, he's willing to drop that kind of money versus the opportunity or the better opportunity to win. Now, Cano could go somewhere and get red hot and, and hit a lot and say, see, I told you so, but I think for this team, this was the right move at this time, and uh, there's nothing else you can do about it. You know, it, it was really... The most obvious decision. We've we've discussed this before, on this show. I think we discussed it on last week's show about uh, that he should be the obvious choice. So, uh, Robinson Cano, they as New York Mets are over. And Mets reliever Trevor May has been diagnosed with a stress reaction on the lower portion of his humorous and will be shut down for approximately four weeks, the team announced on Wednesday. The right-hander on Tuesday had an MRI, which revealed inflammation caused by the stress reaction. Adonis Medina has been recalled from AAA Syracuse to take May's spot on the roster. And, of course, May is the second really pitcher to go down. Uh, Sean Reed Foley hurt his arm, if you remember, he... Uh, Got hurt throwing in a game. Came out of a game True pitch. He knew something was wrong. Partial tear. uh, Could have to get Tommy John surgery, but it's still up in the air about that, so we'll see how that all begins to play out. Got a terrific guest for you today. Uh, He'll be coming up after we take a short message, uh, but... uh, being that we talked about the Phillies last week with Rich Baxter, we thought with Washington coming in next week, let's talk to somebody that knows a little bit about the Washington Nationals, so stay tuned, and I'll have my guest Max Raymond of District on Deck right after this. Baseball and BBQ, your place for interesting baseball
1: talk, opinions, and history. would 't it be great if you could get a PhD in life through baseball welcome
0: to baseball PhD a tour company for your brain 30 major league teams 100 places to see let's touch them all as we make the road trip of a lifetime follow me on facebook at facebook.com slash mets musings on Twitter at Mets Musings GM. The Instagram is Mets Musings. And on YouTube at Mets Musings Mac. Wish to be a part of the show? Give us a call at 516-619-6341. Joining me this week is Mr. Max Rayman. He is a contributor to the district on deck blog uh covering the washington nationals he's here right now
1: max thanks for joining me of course man thank you i appreciate the invite how are you doing today
0: i'm doing great and uh, especially since the mets are off to a good start so it just adds to it a little bit
1: <laughs> no, i understand especially uh yeah they've been hot for sure yeah <laughs>
0: Well, you know, you're a couple of years away from a world championship. We're, we're a little bit longer away, like 30-some-odd years. So. Uh, but um, the, uh, the Nats are, are not having the best of starts to the season. And uh, what really were the aspirations for the Nationals this season as far as the fan base and uh, the team were concerned?
1: Uh, we just, the fan base as a whole, they just wanted to see improvements uh, myself. I knew this was a rebuild. Um, the season was all about Caber Ruiz, Juan Soto, showing him that the young guys are worth building around, showing the Juan Soto that it's worth sticking around. Um, so that that's the main thing, keeping them happy. So Caber Ruiz having a great year. Uh, Josiah Gray, the two pieces from the Max Scherzer trade, making sure that they were worth giving up Trey Turner and Scherzer for um, mm-hmm. the future, and so far so good. Um, Josiah Gray has been excellent after a up-and-down year last year. Ruiz has been getting on base, not really hitting for power, but that's okay. Not everyone hits for power right away in their uh, first full season in the majors. Um, just trying to see if anything else sticks. Josh Bell has been off to a hot tear, uh, so now Nats fans are hoping that he gets extended, myself included, but Who knows? He could also be flipped. So just to see that they're showing improvements. If they're bad, that's fine. But you don't want to root for a bad team and there's nothing to root for. This team, there's pieces to root for. So it's not been terrible. Um, It's Mm -hmm. not like the Nationals teams from the early 2000s that were losing 100 games and there was, besides Ryan Zimmerman, (laughs) there was zero things to look forward to. At least this time around, there's a few uh, ups and downs.
0: Yeah, they've been they've been feisty. I mean, I've seen a few of the games other than when they played the Mets and um they seem to be in every game They're not getting blown out. I mean, you'll get your occasional blowout. Mets got blown out the other night, so uh you know, it happens, but they they seem to be a feisty group and, and staying in the game battling all the way through.
1: Yeah, I would say that. Um I mean, even against the Mets, the first few games then it goes so great, but the fact that they weren't going to get swept, the fact that they uh, scored three or four runs against Max Scherzer in Scherzer's day of return to Nats Park, that was huge. And then taking the series finale and not getting swept, like they showed their time. And then recently, they just took two of three from the Giants, and um, they've won three of five on their current road trip after losing eight straight at home. So you know they're uh, they're showing some slight improvements.
0: Mm-hmm. And a couple of, you mentioned Josh Bell. He's off to a fantastic start, having a great year uh so far. But Juan Soto's a little uh getting off to a slow start.
1: Yeah, um it's okay. Uh because after all he is Juan Soto and this happens. Last year he <laughs> last year he had a pretty strong start before his second half, which turned him into a uh M V P candidate. I mean, he's hitting 258 right now, 862 OPS. He's not really hitting for the power and everything. Um, five home runs. I believe they're all solo shots. Uh, he only has one RBI with uh, runners on, which is a little alarming, but at the same time, it's early. He's getting used to his new um, situation. He's hit third or fourth his entire career and this year is hitting second. So less nice. RBI opportunities, but more at-bats in general. And he even said it would take him a little bit to get used to, and it's showing. Uh, he's extending the strike zone a little bit here and there umpires in general haven't been great this year not just for the Nats, just for all teams i bet you could uh, agree to that um, umpires have been having oh, yeah. a big problem this year and um because of that soto's struggling he knows the strike zone better than almost anyone and they're not agreeing with that like last night he was watching some pitches that they're calling strikes and he was looking at them and i was just like yeah that was outside but there's not much you can do about it so i mean the umpires aren't really helping with that regard but I give it a few weeks, and Soto will be back to his usual self.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's got so much talent that it's, you know, uh, eventually it's going to come out. It's just uh, just a slow start. And, and don't forget, the short spring training, too, had a lot to do with that, I think. Uh, I don't know what your thoughts are on that.
1: Um, I do and I don't. Like, Hitters are still getting up to speed. I think the shortened spring training, if anything, affected pitchers the most. Pitches, I think yeah. that's why we're seeing a huge influx of pitcher pitching injuries. The Grom, um, and a, just the name one and then a bunch of other starters have just been sidelined already. And it's not been great for the off, for the bats about now is usually around the time they would get going if they had a full spring training. So I mean mm-hmm. it's just a little bit behind schedule. Yeah. But um it's all right uh josh bell at least is carrying alone load and he's been very fun to watch that's true. entering yesterday's game he was third in the national league in batting average so i mean and he had a few hits last night so he's he's keeping it going keeping him afloat uh
0: yadiel hernandez is having a pretty he's off to a pretty good start um so you've got some guys hitting and uh, some guys are struggling. Um, the Nationals went out, and they got Nelson Cruz to be their DH, but he's off to a slow start.
1: mm mm-hmm. uh, The Nats, actually, their, their game starts in a few minutes, and I saw he's on the lineup tonight. He, I think he tweaked his back or something last night, and they pulled him from the lineup a little bit early, and he's out today just giving him some extended rest, which is all right because, you know, for a baseball player, he's an old man. He's like 41, 42. He feel like he's been playing <laughs> forever um, just to find father's time. And it looks like Father Tom is finally catching up. But I mean, who knows? Maybe the short and spring train is affecting Cruz also. And he'll, after this quick uh, day off, he'll come back. Um, But yeah, you mentioned Gaudio Hernandez, and he's been a very pleasant surprise because he wasn't really a guy that you look at to be a starter, be a key contributor. He's in his 30s, hasn't really had an opportunity for many clubs, and he's hitting 371. Uh, For those that don't really care about batting average, he has an OPS of 926. He's only appeared in 62 at bats. He's already worth 0.5 B war, 14 RBIs. Outside of Bell, he's been the Nats' most productive hitter, and he just does nothing but get on base, a 177 OPS plus. He's just been a godsend, and Nationals fans are actually torn about him. Some fans want to flip him at the deadline and get something from him, and even though he's in his 30s, he has four to five years of team control because he didn't debut until very late into like a player's career. So do you want to flip him with four to five years of team control? No, you're not gonna get the fair share for him. You just wanna strengthen your bowl, your farm system now and go all in to speed up your rebuild. So it's an interesting conversation. And um knowing the Nats, I wouldn't be surprised if they hold on to him this year and keep him going until they believe they can get fair share for his uh available time remaining but i mean he's been fun to watch he was a very very pleasant surprise
0: and and it seems as if the team stayed relatively healthy you mentioned cruz has got his aches and pains and whatnot uh but the um the bullpen is where you've had some injuries so mm-hmm. far sean do a, do a ah. Doolittle, Thompson, yeah, yeah, I believe he's out for uh 60 days. And mm-hmm. uh, Hunter Harvey and, and Mason Thompson, what kind of injuries did these guys get? And is there any concern to worry about long term?
1: Oh, there's uh, so much concern. Um, ever since Dave Martinez took over, he's been known for finding a reliever, liking him, and pitching him what feels like every night and at least injuries. Sean Doolittle in the 1819 s- season, um. And then I guess now he, he's already on the I.L. Um, he's had his other guys. Wander Suero was a workhorse of his, and then he just lost it. and was DFA, would he's on a different team now because he was just overworked. So, yeah, and now that the rosters have gone down from 28 to 26, and you can't have the extra bullpen guys, and there's not the extra – Reinforcements? It's a little worrisome, especially because Nats have a young rotation who aren't going deep in the game. So the less innings the rotation throws, the more innings you're throwing on your bullpen. If the Nationals already have three to four relievers on the I.L., it's just going to get worse. The Nats bullpen has actually been pleasant surprise, but I don't think it's going to last the full season because I think bodies are going to start getting, Stop. I think, yeah, I think the I.L. is going to pile up. Um, I was very upset that it took this fast to do it. As of Entering the Rockies uh, series a few nights ago, Nats already led the league in bullpen innings, and I know it's only gotten worse. Yeah. Granted, last night was very helpful. Patrick Corbin, complete game, eight innings, so that gave the bullpen plenty of rest. Um, but, yeah, if you're already seeing the Nats bullpen, who has three, four guys in the I.L., Will Harris is on the I.L., who hasn't even pitched this year. Um, if you're seeing them, the bodies pile up and they already lead the league in uh, innings, it's just going to get worse.
0: Yeah. And, uh, that's the key. That's where the Mets have been uh, lucky so far. They've been Mm -hmm. going deep. The starters have been pitching very well, going deeper into the game. So, um, though we've lost a guy already too. Sean Reed Foley got, uh, uh, hurt his arm. He could uh, be having Tommy John surgery and Trevor may as well is out for about eight weeks. So you won't be seeing those guys. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's tough. And, uh, you know, especially that bullpen, they and as you say, they, they find guys that they like and they trust and they keep going back to them. Um, I noticed that's one thing Show Walter seems to be rotating mm-hmm. guys. So uh hoping hopefully it doesn't happen to us, but I know you don't want to hear about that, but
1: <laughs> I, mean, I like Show Walter. I was a fan of his when he was in Baltimore. <laughs> it was a little uh, he was a well he's
0: I'll tell you, he's like night and day here mm-hmm. now. It, it's like, you know, wow, we got a professional manager here after the past uh, four years or three years, whatever it was, where we've had some guys in that were first-timers and, and did some questionable moves. But um, uh, what's the word on Strasburg? Any idea when he may be coming back?
1: Well, um, with the recent movements, and that's made the guys going to the 60-day IL and Strasburg not going to the 60-day IL – I take that as a very pleasant sign. Um, The goal was for him to be ramping up. And they had like a June timetable like a month ago. And I know that's going to change. I don't know if it's going to be faster or slower. But after last year, when they sped Strasburg to get him back as fast as possible and didn't work, they're taking his time with him. And from what I've heard, there's not been a lot of talk in the last week or so. Been pretty quiet but there's been no red flags and they're just trying to take their time with him, not rush him back because he's owed so much money and he's their best pitcher, one healthy, He's one of the best pitchers in baseball, one healthy, and they want him back because he is a workhorse. He can eat innings. He can help. He will be a huge godsend to save him this bullpen. Um, when the season started, Dave Martinez said he expected 25 starts from Strasburg. I don't expect that. I think mm-hmm. maximum, yeah. if we're lucky, we can get 20 starts from Strasburg. But then again, it just really depends when he comes back. Um, they had, as I said, a June timetable. Not really sure if that's still going because Rizzo and Martinez have been pretty silent, which is, I like. I like that they're keeping everything on their wraps. They're not trying to, no leaks, you no know, no external conflict, internal conflict. So for now, we're just uh, not a lot to say on Strasburg. Just hoping, her, crossing our fingers, hoping for the best.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, it's really a shame because he had all that hoop play. remember when he came out. And and then uh, had the Tommy John surgery, and and he suffered through uh, some some injuries throughout his career. And it's really a shame because the he he is such a can be such a dominating pitcher when he's right, you know. Uh, and uh, it's just you you don't get to see that. You mentioned Corbin uh, before. Um, what kind of start is he off to uh, this season?
1: It's up and down. Um... Last time was the best night of uh, Corbin's season, and the stats don't show it. He gave up four runs last night across eight uh, eight complete innings. Um, it was in the game was in Colorado, so we didn't get the and they won, so that he didn't get the pitch tonight. But the thing is, Nash should have won that game. Um, I'll see you Square. We had the Rockies had runners on first and second, one out. Ball hit straight though. See you shortstop. Bobbles it, drops it, can't turn a surefire double play. Next guy hits it into the gap. Guy after that hits into the gap. Five runs score. Only one. Only one is. Only four are earned. But none of that should have happened. That should have been a double play. It should have been out of the inning. That was the only time the Rockies threatened against the Nats. And the Nats should have won last night. And Corbin's ERA ballooned because of it. And it doesn't. So if you look at the box score, it doesn't show how excellent he was after right. struggling all season long. He had zero walks last night. He had control. He wasn't really striking guys out like he usually does. He was pitching the contact. He was trusting his defense, and they didn't help him out when they needed to. The Naps committed three errors, and it cost them.
0: And and that'll kill you as a pitcher mm-hmm. all the time, those errors. The Mets had a similar game, uh, only they were on the, end, the uh, other side of that against the Cardinals. Uh, they were losing in the, going into the ninth, I think it was, and mm-hmm. Arenado threw away a ball, and uh, yeah. and they ended up scoring five runs that inning, I think, and uh, getting the win. So, you know, it evens itself up, but, uh, yeah, that's a tough one. But uh, any of the other starters that are ex- uh, distinguishing themselves as we go along so far?
1: I mentioned him earlier, but Josiah Gray, uh, mm-hmm. he was one of the two top prospects we got in the Max Scherzer trade, and he's just been a workhorse for the Nets. Um, they had a problem to start the season of guys going pla- past five innings. He was the first one to go six innings um, on the season. He's three and two, three one two ERA, five starts, thirty one strikeouts, um, a three nine four FIP. So his FIP is showing as ERA isn't as clean as it should be. But, I mean, he's been excellent. Outside of one bad start, he's been so much fun to watch. He's, last year's problem was his, sec- his secondary stuff wasn't fully developed, and this year his curve and his slider have taken the next, the next jump, and they're matching well with his fastball that sits in the mid-90s. And it's crisp, it's clean, he's eating innings, he's promising. Like, Nats haven't really had a fun, promising pitcher like this since when they were developing Jordan Zerman and Strasberg and Rorick. So it's fun to see a guy like this come up, especially when the rest of the rotation, you don't know where you're going to get from every other night. That's rotations right. outside Gray's been Mr. Uh, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, and Gray's just been Mr. Consistent. He's been fun to watch. Um, he, yeah, he's just one of those guys that he's already sp- making the fan base very happy. Whenever he pitches on Twitter, uh, I see the Nats fan base always ecstatic. He, the Nats. It used to be Strasburg and Scherzer were must watch, and now for the Nats fans, because there's not a lot to look forward to, Gray's becoming must watch because it's one of the few positive things they can look forward to.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and you need to have something like that when you know your team's rebuilding. Let's you know uh, that uh, that makes it worthwhile to put on a game and watch it and have some fun with it. So um, that that's that's a good thing for the franchise. Is Davy Martinez? Uh everybody knows it's a rebuilding, so I assume he's his job is not in jeopardy, but is is uh if this continues on, could he be in trouble somewhere along the line or uh has he got enough goodwill still hanging over from the world championship?
1: I think he has plenty of goodwill because he wasn't the one that wanted the team to go in the rebuild. It just kind of happened. They, and I agree with the rebuild. It had to happen. They had the oldest roster in baseball and they won the World mm-hmm. Series. The farm system was terrible. They traded everything away to win, which worked. So they had to restart. Um, and he just got caught in it. So now he's in a rebuilding era. Mike Rizzo, when the season started, said that his timetable for the Nats to return to contention is 2024. So if the Nats are bad this year and next year, that's expected because Rizzo said that. So I expect uh, Martinez to be here for the long haul bearing unforeseen circumstances, such as the nationals owners are currently looking at selling the team. So who knows, maybe the new owners come in and they just want to clean house. And that's the case. He could be a casualty, right. which I really hope doesn't happen because he, the guys respect him. The guys look up to him. He's been very good with the players. Um, and he's the longest-tenured manager in Nationals history, believe it or not. No, Only a few managers had gone this long. Uh, and so even when they were good every year, the managers were either going one or two seasons. Um, so, yeah, I think he has enough goodwill. Mike Rizzo and he, they work perfectly together in tandem. They're always on the same page. It might upset the fan base because they don't always agree with their decisions, but those two do work well together. So, yeah, I do t- expect to see um, him here for the next few seasons until they're uh, able to contend again. But if they're so bad in 24, 25, then it's like it doesn't go according yeah. to plan. Then I could see him getting the hook. Yeah.
0: And and uh, interestingly enough, you got a lot of ex-Mets on your coaching staff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I'm going through it. Uh, Tim Bogar, Pat Rossler was the assistant inning coach for the Mets. Eric Young Jr. played a bit here. Gary DeZarcina, Ricky Bones, Henry Blanco. <laughs> Uh, a lot of ex Mets on on uh, the coach and stuff. That's kind of good to see, though, that, that at least that the, you know guys that played and retired are still in the game and and imparting their knowledge and uh, you know going to other teams and being fairly successful.
1: I'm sorry, I just got distracted. The NAS game just started, and Juan Soto immediately oh. home. <laughs> it, so I was just a little you uh, know <laughs> caught up in that. And it was another solo shot, of course. No one was on base. So, yeah. Nobody. All right. So the Mets were 1 nothing. <laughs> another solo shot for Soto. So, but yeah, I agree. The I mean, but sometimes it has to, it happens like that. Sometimes guys bring oh, yeah. in a bunch of coaches from the other era. And I mean, I was a little surprised a bunch of Mets staff because Martinez, when he first came, I expected to see guys from the, when he was on the Devil Rays era and the Cubs era, when he was with John Madden for all those years. Instead, mm-hmm. he trusted and went a different different outlaw outweigh and i like it because the nats were one of the few teams that had one of the smallest um coaching staffs and it was upsetting in today's age of analytics and developmenting the players you need as many coaches as possible so i was happy to see this year the coaching staff ballooned they got so much bigger so much more help in the minors and the majors and if they're mets coaches so be it like i don't really care what team they come from as long as they did yeah, yeah. a good job yeah i
0: agree <laughs> it's like show walter coming here some people said well he was with the yankees you know i i don't care as long as he wins that's that's the bottom line and and they uh, teach the players well uh you, you spoke a little bit about the um, minor league system how is it is it getting better now are they building it up and taking the time
1: yeah they are um the Max Scherzer trade helped. I mean, granted, two of the four guys that from the Scherzer trade are already in the pros. That happens. Um, they traded eight players last year the f- during their fire sale, um, and they got twelve prospects for it. Four or five of those prospects are already on- in the majors. Mason Thompson, who's on the IL, Riley Adams, who's the backup catcher, they got the guy for Brad Hand, Kiber Ruiz, Josiah Gray. They're all in the pros. And then there's other guys that are on the cusp. Uh, Donovan Casey, who's a Triple A outfielder that was part of the Scherzer trade um drew millis he's one of the catchers they got in the trade for josh harrison and yon gomes he's the double a right now so i mean the farm system still a ways to go but what helps is the nats have the fifth pick in this year's draft um and this year's draft is very top heavy from what i've been looking at you got those outfield studs uh drew jones Andrew jones's son leading the way you got a few of the top college bats that look very good like lsu's uh, jacob barry um so, no, I'm very excited for where they're at. And the Nats farm system, it just needs position player help. Their top prospects right now are all pitchers. You got Cade Cavalli, Cole Henry, R- Jackson Rutledge. They only have one bat right now that they really look at as um, a future cornerstone. So position player help will, help will be good part. And the Nats, they're not going to be good this year, which is fine. So I expect another top five pick the following year. But who knows? Because now that they added a lottery, we could get screwed over.
0: Yeah, and you you just don't know though. It could go either way too. You could you know end up with uh, a a terrific pick and, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, it's a crapshoot. You know, and it's yeah, it's a crapshoot. Any year it's a crapshoot. You never know when you draft these kids and uh, you know how they're gonna work out. But well, Max, I, I want to thank you for coming on today, and and I'll let you get to your ball game now. Um, tell the people where they can read your stuff and. Uh, uh, about district on deck
1: uh you can check us out on twitter District on deck we just uh cover the washington nationals for fan-sided uh always tweeting about the games always talking about the nl east and um our different opponents and looking at it from that perspective uh on deck at twitter uh find me at maximum raymond to talk anything dc sports and um i really appreciate the opportunity and i enjoyed my time
0: oh that's good we you know we can have you one again the uh, Whenever the Mets play the Nationals again, well, we we, you know, they play so often, so.
1: <laughs> Which is fun, you know. You like to see that type of stuff uh, with the, the uh, East Coast teams playing each other. It's always something important. Yeah, forward
0: to. yeah, and it means more in the standings. To mm-hmm. I, I think you know, um, it just seems more important to beat Washington or Philadelphia or. Oh. Atlanta than to beat mm-hmm. uh, Oakland or something, but
1: and it also helps that for the different sports they're all in the same division. You know, you got the Commanders and the Giants, the Rangers and the Caps, the bats yeah. and the Mets. So like, it feels like it's not just baseball; it's just like a rivalry in sports in general. So whenever you can beat them in any of those three sports, it always feels a little better. That's so true.
0: All right, Max. Thanks so much for your time again, and uh, we'll talk uh, uh, again.
1: All right, thank you, man. You have a good one. Uh,
0: Okay, and I'll be back right after this. 516-619-6341. That is the comment voicemail hotline if you'd like to be a part of the show and uh, drop us a line leave us a comment or a voicemail question anything at all call that number five one six six one nine six three four one, or go to metsmusies.com and click on that widget in the middle of the screen and that's a speak pipe and you can leave a voicemail right through your com- computer through your computer's microphone Or if you prefer to do things the old-fashioned way, send us an email at metsmusings at gmail.com. The Facebook page is facebook.com slash groups slash metsmusings. And uh, if you'd uh, like to help out the show, check out our Patreon page. Check out the campaign at patreon.com slash metsmusings. Got it. It's time to go down on the farm and let's take a look at how the Mets minor league teams are doing. Syracuse, as we record this, they are 9-16, 5.5 games out of first place in their division. Binghamton is 7-15, 6.5 games out of their out of first place in their division. Brooklyn hanging tough. They're 12-11 in second place. Four and a half games back. And St. Lucie leads their division. They are 16-7 uh, in uh, the Florida State League. So that's how the rankings or the records of the minor league teams and players to look out for. And one that we might see with Trevor Mayhurt, Colin Holderman is pitching very well for Syracuse. Eight and a third innings in relief so far. He's 1-0. and He's got two saves and a 2.16 ERA. He impressed in spring training. through over 100 miles per hour. He's got a wipeout slider and also uh, a decent changeup. So, a uh, Holderman could be a guy that we are getting to see. As far as some of the other prospects... Uh, Francisco Alvarez seems to be mired in a bit of a slump, his first in double-A ball. It happens, though, you know. It's it's a new uh, new experience for him. He's in a bit, little bit of a slump, as is Brett Beatty. Both of them seem to be going through the same things together. Uh, but I'm sure that with their talents, they'll be able to smack their way out of it and... Uh, Uh, get back to the way they were playing before. Ronnie Mauricio continues to play pretty good for the Rumble Ponies and uh, uh, you know uh, he he could be something viable for the Mets uh, uh, coming in the future. Um, St. Lucie's got a couple of good young guys that are playing well at the moment. Mike Vassal, the pitcher is one that comes to mind and So keep an eye on St. Lucie as they're ahead in their division. And that's going to wrap it up for this week's show. I hope you enjoyed it. And I hope that you'll join us each and every week. If you're watching on YouTube, please hit the subscribe and the like button. It helps us grow the audience and uh, makes us, uh, you know, grow the show as well. So remember to subscribe to the podcast and if you're listening to the audio podcast subscribe as well uh, to uh, Apple Podcasts or Google Play wherever you get or listen to or watch or whatever you do with the podcast hit that subscribe button so you'll always know when another episode of Mits Musings is coming out so you never know when I'm going to release one so check it out you do if you subscribe all right that's gonna wrap it up for this week's show Uh, i want to thank my guest max raymond once again for coming on and to all of you remember to keep the faith stay optimistic and let's go mets and i'll see you next time on another edition of mets musings